0: I saw this picture this week and I really liked it. When God steps in, miracles happen. Do you believe that? You know, I, I thought about that's so true that whenever we open our lives to God, God can do amazing things. Uh, he can do amazing things in us. He can do amazing things around us. And all we've got to do is open the door and let God Step in. And that's what this series that I'm going to start today, that's what this sermon series is going to be all about over the next few weeks as I talk about this idea of miraculous, of the miraculous things that God can do. And and today I wanna I want to begin at the beginning of the incredible work that not that God can do around us, but really of the incredible work that God can do within us. When I think when I use the word miracle, how many of you would say, Pastor Steve? I am a miracle. How many of you would be honest enough to say, yeah, that's me, that's me. Well, that's what I want to talk about today. I don't know who you are or where you've been or what you've been through, but today, here's, here's the big idea. God loves you, and he wants you from right where you are. No matter who you are, what you've done, God wants to redeem your life and make you a child of God. And here's the other thing. Just think this thought with me. God wants, think about the worst person that you can think of. Think about the person that when you think about them, you think, man, they are so far from God. Their life is so, they are neck deep in sin. They are, they are so far out there. Do you know what? God, I believe with all of my heart, can redeem them as well, amen? I want you to look with me at a story If you want to take your sermon outline, you can track along with me. We're going to throw the scripture storyline up on the screen for you. From Acts chapter 9, we're going to look at at the life of a a man named Saul, whose uh, Greek name was Paul that you'll hear later um, in in the New Testament. But Saul was was a, a Jewish religious leader who was very fervent about his passion that there was only one God. And, uh, and when Jesus came on the scene, Saul could not accept that this Jesus really was God in the flesh who had come for mankind. And Saul was one of those who was absolutely offended and enraged that Jesus would claim to be this redeeming God. So much more, this fury took him over and he made it his personal goal to basically try to wipe Christianity out. And in Acts chapter 9, we pick up the storyline, and uh, let me read for you. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to do what? To kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way that he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. And he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one that you are persecuting. Can you imagine how freaked out Saul was in that moment? I mean, to think that you are doing something of passionate good only to realize that you're doing something that is passionately evil. And in that moment, God began this incredible work in Saul's life. Now, here's why this is so important. There are some of us, I promise you, that even today, we think we are beyond the redemption of God. Um, whenever, once in a while, I'll, I'll have somebody who will be talking to me about their life and I'll be talking about God's grace and people will say, you know, but Pastor Steve, you have no idea what I've done. And I said, no, the problem is you have no idea what God has done because God can redeem you. I don't care who you are. And I wanna put, push this idea upon you today to open your heart to what God might do in you. And here's the other thought. For some of us, we have people in our life that we we're so frustrated because it just seems like they're moving further and further from God. And we, we watch the things they, we, they do, and we, we hear the things that they say. And sometimes our hearts grow heavy, and we go, you know what? Maybe maybe they're just too far gone. Look at me. There is no one beyond the long arm of God. Yeah, and I want to I go back to this story, and I, I want to just say, when we look at this story of Saul and all that he did and how God redeemed him, What does this say to us? And I'm gonna give you a couple of thoughts out of this that I hope will really help you. You ready? Here we go. Here's the first one. Never give up on anyone, including yourself. Never give up on anyone, including yourself. Can you imagine? Here's here's Saul going around, you know, killing Christians. Can you imagine if someone went up to a Christian who knew Saul and said, do "You think? Do you think?" You know, Saul could be, become a Christ follower. What would you think they would go? Uh, no, I don't think so. You know, I, I don't think he, he could do that. But yet, well, the storyline teaches us, you know what? There is no one too far gone. Never give up on anyone, anyone that you know, and certainly never give up on yourself. Now, why? Why should you never give up? Let me give you a couple of reasons. You ready? Here we go. First, because God's love chases us no matter how hard we're running the other way. God's love chases us. And there's some of us that in our own life, man, we were running hard from God before God caught us. There are people that you know, they're running hard away from God. But here's, here's the thing about God. He never quits. He never, ever quits. I, I love the passage of Scripture from Jeremiah 31.3. It says, long ago, the Lord said to Israel, read it with me. I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love, with unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. Now, I want you to circle those words, everlasting and unfailing. You know what that means? God never quits. God never quits. You know, I think back when when Wanda and I first met each other. I mean, she chased me for years before, you know, she (laughs) actually... Uh, Truthfully, I chased her for years before I finally wore it down. Because that's what love does. Love just doesn't quit. And look at me. And God never gives up on you. He won't stop chasing you. His love will stay on and on. It is an everlasting love. It is an unfailing love. And it will chase you down. Here's the second reason why you can never give up. Because God's grace can forgive us no matter how horrible we've sinned. God's grace can forgive us no matter how horrible we've sinned. Some years ago, I did, a, I did a message called The Gospel According to Jeffrey Dahmer. And in that message, I showed a video of Jeffrey Dahmer in prison where a pastor who had been visiting him for a long time was sharing about how Jeffrey opened his heart to the gospel. And in this video, Jeffrey Dahmer talks about how he came to the realization that Jesus Christ really was who he said he was and how he invited Christ into his life to to forgive him and and how uh, he was baptized there in prison by this pastor. And you're, you're watching this video, and for those of you who don't know the name Jeffrey Dahmer, Jeffrey Dahmer was a serial killer in Milwaukee many years ago who killed 17 people, 17 people. And you're watching this video of Jeffrey Dahmer sharing in prison, and you're going, can God really forgive an animal like that? Look at me. Yes, he can. In fact, in our story today, what did Saul do before he came to Christ? He killed people too, viciously, intentionally, and yet God's grace was greater than Saul's sin, God's grace is greater than, than, than Jeffrey Dahmer's sin, look at me, and God's grace is greater than your sin. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how bad you think you've been. You know, this, this song that we were singing just a little while ago, did you catch that? When it says, he has no rival. He has no equal. Now, that's so important because we often think of God and Satan as, as, as good and bad equals, and they're not. God is greater. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what, what the enemy can do. God's grace is greater still. I love how Paul says it in Romans 5. Paul says, God's law was given, excuse me, so that all people could see how sinful they are. Read it with me. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. Look at me. I don't care what you've done, how bad you think it is, God's grace is greater. God's grace is greater than all of our sins. There is no one that is not forgivable by the great grace of God. That's why we can never give up. And let me give you one more. We never give up because God's love can change us. No matter how messed up we've been. God's love can change us. No matter how messed up we've been. (laughs) How many of you are like me and you'd say, you think I'm a mess now? You should have seen me a few years ago. (laughs) You know, God's love can change us, and that's the great hope that we've god God's redeeming love changed Saul. It didn't, it didn't just forgive him. It changed him. And you know what? It can change you. Um, about a year ago, uh, a year ago in this June, we launched our Celebrate Recovery program. And shortly before that launch, we showed a video of where our Celebrate Recovery participants were participating in what we call a cardboard testimony And if you remember, they walked out on stage and walked across, and on their cardboard signs, they were naming the various things that they had struggled with in their life. And then as they walked across the stage, they flipped that sign over, and it talked about the incredible change that God had made. And I thought about that video when I was writing this message this week, because I thought every single one of those people could stand up right now today, and they could tell you, you know, this is who I was, but you know what? God has made me someone New, And God did that for them, and God did that for Saul. And you know what? God can change you, and God can change that person that you're thinking about today that needs to be changed. I love the passage of Scripture, one of my favorites, from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Read it with me. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has Begun. Amen. Well, Pastor Steve, how, how does that happen? How how does the Holy Spirit of God really really do this work? And I, I thought about what happened for Saul, and I thought, you know what, this is, this is what happens for all of us. And that's why I put this next thought there for you. Pray for the breakthrough that allows the Holy Spirit in. Pray for the breakthrough that allows the Holy Spirit. And what what happened for Paul? Paul had this breakthrough moment where God got his full and undivided attention. And it was in that moment that God was able to really do that kind of work. And and as as I was reading the story again, and I was just kind of processing that thought with God, here's what hit me. I wrote this and I put this on your outline. Every single person you know is just a breakthrough of grace away from redemption. Let that settle into your brain for a second. Every single person you know, think think about the worst person that you're aware of. Think about the person that you think is a long way from God and you think, how in the world are they ever gonna find their way back? You know what happens? It begins with a breakthrough of the Holy Spirit into their life. It happens as a breakthrough. Now, here's the very relieving part of all of this. That's the Holy Spirit's job, it's not your or mine. Now, why this is so important is because there are some of us, our bent is to fix people. <laughs> you know, we see people where they need to be, and we want to we fix them. And it was, it, it'll be a wonderful day in your life, the day that you come to understand it. It is the Holy Spirit's job to convict people of their sin, not yours. You know, when I first got into ministry uh, as a pastor, I, I, thought it was, I thought it was my job to make people feel guilty you know, and it's kind of like when you go through Bible college, you have this class called Make Them Feel Bad 101, you know, and you just you kind of figure out how to how to make people feel bad because that's your job. And and I realized along the way, that's not my job. My job is to simply tell the truth. It's the Holy Spirit's job to bring conviction into people's life. Because until the Holy Spirit shows a person they need to change, guess what? They're not going to change. And that's where we come and we say, you know what? We need to pray for these breakthrough experiences, these breakthroughs that people can have to really help transform their life. Now, how does the Holy Spirit break through? I thought of, I thought of three. Probably more. I thought of three. He comes through breakthrough insights. Through breakthrough insights. Now, now what I mean by that is sometimes for some people, it's just this moment in time where it just all makes sense. You know, I I thought about for myself, um, you know, I grew up in a church. I've been in church since I was a week old. Uh, But I still, still remember when I was in ninth grade and I was at youth camp. And this preacher was talking, and all of a sudden that night, something made sense that hadn't made sense before, and I became aware that even though I'd been in church all my life, I still wasn't right with God, and that was what caused me to get out of the seat and come to an altar and invite Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior, and it was that moment of insight that even though I'd heard it a thousand times, that moment clicked for me, And that's what happens. Sometimes people are reading a scripture, sometimes they're sitting in a class, sometimes they're in a sermon like this, and all of a sudden, for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit is able to give them that thought and it clicks. That's a divine insight, a breakthrough insight. Sometimes the Holy Spirit breaks through, through what we call breakthrough conversations, through breakthrough conversations. And for some of you, I'm going to guess that I'll bet that's how you took your first step toward God. You were having a conversation with someone. Maybe you were asking them questions. And along the way, they gave an answer that may not have been that profound. But that answer was what tripped your heart and caused you to take a step toward God. You know, that's why we really encourage and we talk about reaching people who are far from God. We say, you know, don't be afraid to have conversations with people who are far from God. And I know people get real freaked out by that. Oh, Pastor Steve, what, what if I don't have the right answer? What if, I, what if I don't know enough Bible? You don't have to be a Bible scholar. You don't have to have a lot of answers. All you have to know is this, what has Jesus done for you? Because if you know what Jesus has done for you, you know what? That's enough. That's what most people need to hear. I mean, think about the most profound form of advertising that there is. You know, it's not—it's not an engineer standing in front of a camera going, "You know, I'm an engineer and I've worked on these Ford trucks, and these Ford trucks are aerodynamically blah 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 blah." blah. Yeah, everybody's going, "Oh, boring. Get a, you know, get off the stage." But you get a guy in a John Deere hat, you know, out there, and he's got his Ford truck out on the farm, and he's going, I've been driving Ford trucks for 40 years, never had one break down for me, it'll never break down on you, and we're all running out to buy Ford trucks. There's a a power in that. It's like the man in John chapter 9 who was born blind, and uh, the, the religious leaders couldn't believe that Jesus had healed him. And they're grilling this guy. Who is Jesus? How do, you know, and they're trying to you know, kind of catch him in something. You know, is, he, is he a prophet or is he this or is he that? And the guy looks at him and he finally says, you know what, I don't know. Here's what I know. I once was blind, now I see. And that's all you gotta know. And sometimes there are gonna be conversations where you're gonna be talking with someone and you're gonna be identifying with whatever problem they're in the middle of. And they're going to look at you and they're going to say, how in the world did you find your way through that? And you're going to say, my Lord Jesus Christ delivered me. And if he delivered me, you know what? He can deliver you. And sometimes that's the breakthrough conversation that people need. There's one more, and this gets a little bit harder. And that's called through breakthrough experiences. And the breakthrough experience is like when Paul had, when God shows up in a rather forceful way. And he just gets in your face, and he becomes undeniably present in your life. Uh, sometimes those experiences are very hard and they're very harsh. Uh, sometimes like like Paul, God knocks us off our high horse, you know, and, and has to kind of get right up on us, and that's, that's, the, that's the, me- the message where the message gets through. That's the marker where the message gets through. and uh, I, I was reading a testimony from a guy his name's Johnny, and Johnny was talking about uh, how. He really didn't have a lot of regard for faith until his grandmother developed cancer. And he said, he was very close to his grandmother. And he said, You know, when my grandmother first developed cancer, he said, I became so angry. He said, She was the the best person I knew. He said, I couldn't understand how somebody so good could get cancer. And I got angry at life, I got angry at God. He goes, But I watched my grandmother. And he goes, and even through all of her treatment, he said, my grandmother, she never, she never lost her joy. She never lost her smile. And he said, I would, I would go to her. And he said, I'd be feeling so bad. And I'd be saying, Grandma, how, how are you doing? And she would smile at me. And she goes, I'm blessed. My God is with me. And he said, I saw in her a joy I knew I, I didn't have. I saw in her a, a faith and a resilience that I knew I didn't have. And he said, well, my grandmother passed away. He said, I knew. I don't know what she had, but I want some of that. And that was the experience that led him, and the Holy Spirit broke through. Breakthrough insights, breakthrough conversations, breakthrough experience. I I don't know how you came to Christ, but when we're praying for these people in our lives who who seem to be so far from God, what are we praying for? We're praying for the breakthrough. Can I say this again? Because until the Holy Spirit touches their heart, they're not going to change. Amen? You bet you. Let me me give you one more thought today. This is so cool when you watch it in Paul's life, but when when anyone stops running from God, God starts miraculously transforming. When anyone stops running, that's when God miraculously starts transforming. You know, that that day on, on the way to Damascus, and Paul got knocked off that horse and, and, and God revealed himself in such a blinding fashion. That was just, that was just the first step. What's really cool as you follow the storyline is, is you begin to see how from that moment forward, God just began to remake Paul. He made him into a new man. He, he gave him a new heart. He gave him a new outlook toward life. He, he, he began to, to open Paul's mind and life to things that he had never dreamed before. And you, you see this transformation taking place. And, and God didn't just save Paul. He didn't just, you know, redeem him. God began to transform Paul in a way that he began to use him. Till one day, this guy that we knew as a murderer who was killing Christians, who was on his way to get more letters to kill more Christians, and God broke through, that man became an apostle of the gospel of Christ, planted churches, and became the writer of almost half of our New Testament that we know. That, ladies and gentlemen, is transformation. Amen? You bet. I love how Paul said it in 1 Timothy 1. He said, he considered me trustworthy and he appointed me to serve him even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. That's why I put this statement on your outline. You know what? Never judge where God can take someone based on where they've been because God can do stuff that you can't begin to imagine. I have a confession to make. Um, I am not a handyman. How many of you other guys would like to confess that with me? I'm not a handyman. Uh, I I don't work on cars. I don't work on houses. Um, If it's not broke when I touch it, it will be broke when I'm done with it. So I don't... (laughs) You know, I'm, I, I can take a $50 job and make it a $500 job in no time at all. I mean, I, I'm, I'm gifted like that. And so when my wife and I, whenever, whenever we've been, whenever we're looking for a house, whenever we've moved and we talk to a realtor, we always say, do not show me a fixer-upper. Because there is not going to be any fix and there is not going to be any up. It's, not, it's just not going to happen. You know, we, whatever it is, when we get it, that's what it's going to be when we die. That's, that's just kind of how it's going to be. So I was amazed. I, I have such appreciation for people who can do this stuff, though. I mean, because, again, I saw this article, and I just thought this was so fascinating. There was a couple um, in Ireland who saw this coach house, this old coach house that was like in, from the 1700s and 1800s. And what they saw was a dream home. And I just thought, this is amazing. Walk with, walk with, throw that picture up on the screen. This is what they saw. Now, how many of you would look at that and go, I'm not living there? <laughs> I mean, my grandfather's barn looked better than that. I mean, holy cow. You know, they, but they saw that, and they saw it as a dream home. So three years later, as they started the work, and the three years later when it got done, this is what it looked like from the outside. Is that unbelievable? Throw that next picture up. Here's a, here's a nice room for you. And when you look at that, does any vision pop in your mind? Does't it me? What what picks me is somebody burying bodies back in there? I mean, that's what I see. But, but this is what it looked like when they transformed it. Is that incredible? Or, or how about this, this shot of the kitchen throw this, that's just, look, this, is what, this is what this room looked like before. Throw that next picture up. That's what they made out of that. And when I see that stuff, I'm going, "That's amazing. Who who sees that? Who can do that? I I have such, but you, you think that's amazing what they can do with a coach house? Let me tell you what God can do with a life. Because God can take the most dilapidated life that you know, and he can make it something beautiful and something good. Amen? And he can do that for you. I don't know how badly you've trashed your life, but I do know how great our God's grace is and how he can transform you from whoever you've been into someone you've dreamed of becoming. I don't know how bad that person is that you've been thinking about this morning that is so far from God, but what, I need, what you need to know is that they're not beyond God's ability to reach them. And they're not beyond God's ability to break them. And they're not beyond God's ability to transform them. What God did for Saul, he could do for you. And he could do for them. If we will but open our hearts and let the Holy Spirit work. This morning, I want to invite you, if you've not accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you've not invited the great grace of God to change your life today, this is your opportunity. Do a very simple prayer of faith. The Bible says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you invite the spirit of God in, Jesus said, Paul said, you know, behold, all things become new. You can be a brand new creation in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Or this morning, Maybe you're thinking about that person you're close to that's far from God, and maybe you want to spend the the rest of the morning just kind of thanking God for what he's done for you but but really lifting them up in prayer. Well, you can do that too. I want to invite you to take out your communion cup and these are a little different than the normal ones we used and you notice on the bottom the wafer you just pull that little tab back and the wafer is there, and then you can pull the top off where the juice is they seem a lot easier to use than the other ones but it stands for the same thing look at this this is the body of our lord jesus christ broken for us this represents his blood that was spilt on our behalf this morning as rachel leads us in this song it's one absolutely one of my favorite songs it says just as i am without one plea that we come before God. We come broken. You know what? He could fix us. But we come desperate, and God can fill our heart. We come completely empty, and God can fill us up. So this morning, open your heart to God and invite him in. Lift up someone else before God and say, Lord, what you have done for me, would you, would you break through and do it for them? They may be the most unlikely convert in the world, but God specializes in unlikely converts like them. Our Father, we hold in our hands today the evidence of your love for us, this little wafer that represents your body that was broken, this juice that represents your blood that was spilt on a cross. And today, Lord, as we come humbly before you, how thankful we are. Your word says that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And Father, how we thank you today that so many of us in this room right now, we are walking miracles. Lord, we were so far away from you. Our sin was so dark and great, but your grace is greater than all of our sin. And so this morning, Father, I pray. I pray for every person listening, watching today. That, Father, if they don't know you as Savior and Lord, that today they would turn their face toward you, that you would allow their heart to cry out to you, that you would wrap your great arms of grace around them. And that you would forgive them, that you would pour your spirit into them, and that today could be a brand new start. Lord, you said in Isaiah, come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be like scarlet, they will be white as snow. Father, we think of those people in our life who are so far from you. People that we love. People that, Lord, we've tried to talk to. People that we've tried to get to turn toward you. We see no movement whatsoever. But, Lord, we believe today that it's not our job to touch their hearts. That's yours. But we just lift them up before you today. And we pray that wherever they are, that today, Lord, would be a breakthrough for them. That there would be this breakthrough insight that would happen. There would be this breakthrough conversation that would take place. That there would be this breakthrough experience that they would have that they would come face to face with you just like Saul did on that road and that today would be the first step of a brand new life. Lord, we love you today and we profess before you if there is anything good in these lives of ours, it's all because of you. So for what you've done and what you are yet doing today from the bottom of our hearts, we give you thanks. In the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone said.